Hey, Chris, Adam, Rachel, how are you guys? It's been so long. Hey, man. We just wanted to, uh, you know, check on you. Yeah, ever since we finished Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, you've kind of gone MIA. Yeah, what have you uh, been up to? Oh, man, I've been so busy. I, I started rereading the Turtle comics, and I got the TMNT 90 movie score on vinyl, and I've been listening to that, like, nonstop. I watched 190 episodes of the 80s cartoon, the entire Nick series, beat the arcade game, beat the NES game, and Turtles in Time, like, three times each, watched the 2007 CGI movie, and watched Turtles 90 again, like, four more times. Oh, God. Dude, y you need to take a break. I, I even watched both Michael Bay movies. Again. Oh, oh no. God. God, guys, he's gone off the rails. I mean, truth be told, I've kind of felt a little directionless since the whole minute a day thing ended. Guys, guys, we need to help him. He's falling apart. He needs structure, and I think there's only one way to do it. Oh, please don't say it. We, we have, have to, to do, do Turtles, too. A minute at a time. I love this plan. I'm glad to be a part of it. Hey, hey, what are you guys whispering about? It's okay, Scott. We're here to help you. We're going to do The Secret of the Ooze a minute at a time. Think of it as like your daily dose of turtle therapy. It's like a sequel about the sequel. You might even say it'd be our... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Second time around. Ah! I love you guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute Season 2, a podcast discussing the secret of the ooze, one minute at a time. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Kawa Sequel Bunga! Dueling Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we're about to go off on minute 38, which begins with Danny telling Martin that they can't accept gifts from someone that they've officially rebuked and ends with Nicholas telling Danny that the kiss between Martin and Eve was the most convincing part of the entire play. Mm-hmm. I love it. Ah, oh, it's good. I just, it's just like, uh, you know how there are scenes in, in, in Star Trek that are great just because you love watching like Bones and Kirk interact? Yeah. That this minute is just has some really just great, like Nicholas and Danny just like working out a problem together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We have a guest back. Yes. Sorry. Welcome, Brian. Hey, how we doing? Brian Green. <laughs> Pretty good. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Brian Green. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I love this bit where, uh, so, so again, we have a lot in this, uh, in this, uh, in this movie where Danny is parroting something that, that, uh, that Nicholas has yeah. done, um, like at some brother. point. Right. Because he just, he thinks that he thinks Nicholas Angel is like the coolest guy on the planet. And so here he is parroting what, uh, what, Nicholas told Desk Sergeant Turner at the at the beginning of this week, 
um, you know, we can't accept gifts from people that we have officially rebuked. And then he tears up the mm-hmm. ticket. And here, he doesn't have a ticket to tear up. So instead, he blows raspberries, flips them off, and then sells them to Jog On. So, uh, Jog On. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the first time I heard Jog On. Oh, yeah? In my life. Yeah. Not from England. <laughs> oh, are you not? <laughs> it feels like a thing that people they say just exclusively in England. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when. I don't know if that was the first time. I assume so, but I, I can't remember. So let me ask you guys this: in that in that moment when he's like jog on, do you think Angel is like a little bit like, oh, he he he's listening? No, There's- you can see his face. I think he was excited when he was saying we can't accept gifts oh, from people okay. that are officially revoked, and then as soon as he blows raspberries and says so, jog on, you can see his face. He, he closes in embarrassment. Um, <laughs> That's just, true. Where he's just Golly. like, oh Jesus, Simon Pegg, man, yeah, just what a just a great vision, acting with his eyes. Uh, absolutely <laughs> underrated actor. Um, such an underrated actor. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to see the character make every discovery on the actor's face. Yeah, you really can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, he he definitely uses uh every every moment that he can. Uh, oh, you can also see behind them, uh, the, the doctor is, uh, looking at them. Um, <laughs> he's, he's looking at the, at the two actors oh, yeah, and how she's Billy looking. Whitelock. Yeah. They're both at looking at them just like, okay, so how are we going to do it? I think we should cut their heads off. Well, I think we should cut both <laughs> their heads off. They certainly move very quick. They do. Man. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Edgar Wright's placement of the NWA in this scene in retrospect is just very creepy and very deliberate yeah yeah they don't even run this by uh they don't even run this by frank they they run by the killing uh the shoplifter by frank but they don't they don't run this by him yeah so nicholas assumes that uh that eve is martin's wife which uh, gets a big laugh out of the two of them yeah it's kind of funny we we've been talking about eve draper for so long that we she hasn't technically been introduced yet i guess formally to the movie or to, to, to Nicholas Angel. Oh, right. Cause she was just, uh, she wasn't anyone. She was just, uh, In the car. yeah, his co-star. Um, and now, you know, he assumed that it was his wife mm-hmm. because, uh, their kiss was the most <laughs> convincing part of the play. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, they, he starts laughing. Her laugh sounds like a sneaker in a gymnasium. Ha. <laughs> It does. It's true. <laughs> it, it, it's a squeak. Yeah, it's, it's like a squeak. A, yeah. Uh, this is definitely uh, Lucy Punch's big minute. Yeah, I mean it's her like her second to last minute. No, too. but yeah, like yeah. it's like her most lines. Oh yeah, that's true. We really get a sense of like what who who Eve Draper is as a character. Mm-hmm. Kind of what kind of person she is. We find out what her job is, or at least where she works. Yeah, she's a what they say a receptionist. Yeah, a receptionist at the. At the uh, council. The council. The city council. Um, and uh, they think that she knows lots of secrets. Uh, <laughs> sure. And uh, which, you know, adds to the, you know, this is this is this is uh, sort of um, foreshadowing Nicholas's assumption about why they're killing these people because she works at the city council. So she would know things about uh, the land that he wants to own. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and that's why he says this line 
uh, about bash your head in. All sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. Yeah, Dave Chambers like you're funny <laughs> because <laughs> that, that well, was the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, but but I think that she's in, immensely attracted to Timothy Dalton. Sure, uh, yeah. because as we learned, she likes older men. Oh, so, that's true, and he's yeah. like the god of like older men. Yeah, it's like him and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, and all especially in this town. Especially in this town. This town. Yeah. That, yeah. At, uh, at what age do I have to start worshiping Timothy Dalton? Is my question. I mean, you can start now. Yeah, it depends on all how right. old you were when you watched, like, you know, The Living Daylights. <laughs> I was, uh, I was thirty, thirty-three years young. <laughs> One of uh, a crazy thing about, I don't know, like, I, I some every once in a while, I'm reminded that not only is this like a parody of buddy cop movies that is secretly like a British rule seventies horror throwback. It's also for at least the first time you watch it, and in the eyes of Nicholas Angel, like an Agatha Christie style whodunit. Yeah, it's like they throw in another genre thing on top of it. Oh yeah, it's for sure, the craziest thing. Yeah, because I mean, we have the whole Agatha Christie scene uh, mm-hmm. coming up later in the movie. Yeah, his Praro moment. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, well, and and the and the scene where you find out who did it. Right. Was it's it's very much a. Uh, a uh, 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 murder on the Orient Express kind of mm-hmm. revelation. That would be a great stage thing to do with kids. I guess it's about murder. Yeah, you can't do that. One. <laughs> I don't know all those big characters <laughs> napping on the Orient. <laughs> <laughs> he has been hit on the head, <laughs> unconscious, on the conscious, on the Orient <laughs> Express. I've done murder mysteries with my kids before. Oh, yeah. okay, that's good. Yeah. And I've had no pushback. Oh, okay. Uh, it'll be really fossil in the vein of Romeo and Juliet. Any future production of Murder on the Orient Express to have like a little kid have the Praro mustache? <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, required, I think. Um, yeah, so we learned that uh, Danny and uh, Eve Draper were are from the same class. Yeah. And uh, that he had a he used to have a thing for her. Yeah, if it, it it's kind of the closest this movie kind of comes to just like superfluous. Did I say that right? Superfluous. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't know if that ever comes back. No, it doesn't come back. It's just meant to set up the next thing about her liking older guys. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it is interesting. It, I don't know when you think about Eve. Eve Draper seems to be even in her own way so much further along in society than than Danny. You think so? Grown up? I don't know. I guess, I guess maybe not really. They, she's relying on older men to do things for her. Yeah, okay, it, I guess in terms of her working, definitely at the city not. Yeah, having, having secrets. Yeah, he he has his own apartment. That's true. He has his own place and a lot of DVDs and a lot of DVDs. I wonder. Judge I wonder, a man by the size of his DVD collection. I wonder when he made the decision to switch to Blu-ray because you know he has at this point. What year is it? Oh seven. This is oh seven. I started by I bought my first Blu-ray around like 2012. Yeah, because I remember it was when I moved in with Hunter. Oh, okay. In college, he's yeah. Like, God, you have a you have a PS4? I can watch Blu-rays now. Oh. So then I, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna say for the sake maybe around 2012, 2013. Yeah. Okay. In the universe where Danny Butterman's still alive. Why wouldn't he be? I don't know. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then like, uh, uh, but this also has kind of an Agatha Christie feel. The part where, like, or Nicholas Angel kind of playing the part of Watson, or Danny, Danny Butterman playing like, well, well, what are you talking about? What, oh, dude? Come on, yeah. This is the only part of it. Just it really does feel like Sherlock talking to Watson. It does. 
It does. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't be opposed to seeing like it would be it would be kind of fun uh to see them in those roles in like some sort of like one-off special or something. Not like a full movie, I don't think. Yeah. But like some kind of like I don't know, like one-off like 30-minute special or something. That it, would be fun. It it's hard to imagine ever wanting to see a version of Sherlock Holmes again, but like <laughs> sure. that that could be it. That could be what does it. Yeah. I don't know. I think the the you know, movie goers proved that uh, people want to see that this past year. Mm-hmm. Is that? I, did anybody go see that movie? I I, I was a joke. I'm okay. <laughs> Netflix. Turned I don't down. think anyone did. Yeah. Even Netflix turned that movie down. That's right. Um, man. Yikes. Uh, but I don't know. I I could see it like as like a little one off special. I think it would be fun. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know, or or maybe uh, make it, maybe if this is if this if Hot Fuzz is the sort of um, Agatha Christie uh, 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 story, maybe they could do like a Sherlock Holmes story for Hot Fuzz too. Oh, like an original like Arthur Conan Doyleian style. Yeah, mystery. yeah, 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 yeah. For for Hot Fuzz too. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun. Oh my gosh, imagine like uh, like a Moriarty type character, oh. like, like wanting to break Nicholas Angel, oh. like the Joker. Ah, oh. all right. Anyway, <laughs> somebody, somebody get us a meeting with Edgar Wright. Um, so we just so we can tell him his idea and let him do it himself. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's an idea that only grows with age because eventually it would become like out of retirement. Nicholas Angel. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even have to like put a, a too fine a point on the Sherlock Holmes of it all. Like mm-hmm. just using it as like a baseline. Yeah. It could be like a Die Hard 3 style kind of. Right. Where that was like a lethal weapon movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, so then, uh, yeah, they get this this sort of like back and forth about about like uh, it's obvious that Eve is uh, is is with uh, Martin Blower. Yeah, come um, on, Danny. Which is uh, gross. It's gross. It's gross. It's pretty gross. Martin Blower is gross. Anyone who's ever done community theater knows a guy like this. Uh huh. Yeah, he's gross. Yep, always gross. Kind of a dime a dozen creeper. Yep. Yep. It's gross. If he hadn't have died by 2017, 2018, like um, um, if, if, if no one had died, eventually like a kind of expose style article written by Tim Messenger would have leaked about Martin Blower's exploits. Mm-hmm. And he would have gotten fired anyway from the Amdrams. <laughs> yeah, true. Um. All right. Well, anything else in this minute? Because uh, honestly, it's kind of a light one. I'm good if you guys are good. Yeah. Nothing over here. Uh, Brian, do you remember the first time you saw Hot Fuzz? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I uh, saw it on opening weekend. Uh, loved it. It's my favorite of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was already a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead at the, at the time, so I was really excited for this. And I, I think I talked it up a little too much to my girlfriend at the time. And she was not an action movie fan at all. So she, every I think most of the stuff went over her head. Mm-hmm. And so she hated it. Oh, great. <laughs> and... That was upsetting to me. That was disappointing. Sure. Yeah. The idea of hating this movie baffles me. It, like, I, I can imagine maybe, like, not getting the references and it and just being sort of, like, a shrug. Like, yeah, yeah fine. Like, it was fine. Long. Yeah. Like, I can imagine someone having that opinion. I can't imagine someone hating it. That boggles my mind. So, to, to give you a little more context about our, our taste in movies, the, the, the difference uh-huh. in our taste in movies... First off, she refused to watch Back to the Future or Star Wars with me. Mm. 
And, and the only Star Wars she had ever seen was Attack of the Clones because Hayden Christensen was in it. Oh, okay. she refused to watch any other ones because that one was so bad. Sounds like a real winner. So sometimes, you know what? <laughs> so I, you know, sometimes I, I, I think about if I would really dig dating someone who just like didn't like any like Star Wars. We came from totally different pop cultural places and that was like cool. So I was like, ah, oh, would that be fun to be like, I don't, I don't do Star Wars. But we had like other stuff in common. I know. I don't think. I don't think it would be because it means that they're not open minded, which means like their their closed mindedness wouldn't end at movies. Uh, that's the that's the exact exact thing I was about to say because she refused to watch these things that are cultural icons. She refused to even give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's a red flag. Yeah, that's a, that's a red flag. Like she would not even attempt because she said that looks boring. I'm not going to watch that. And. It was upsetting. Like, it was frustrating. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, it's all <laughs> over now. Yeah, if, if, I, if, I, dated, if I was dating, <laughs> a, like, a diplomat, it'd be cool to be like, oh, I'm going to learn about, like, foreign policy. I'm going to, like, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're open-minded. <laughs> See? that's that's That makes it a one-way street. That's sure. not good. That's not healthy. Okay. Yeah. Don't okay. do that. I won't, I won't date a rigid diplomat who hates Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call. Got to be, got to be a two-way street. <laughs> and so another universe was closed. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, or created. <laughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> so, uh, were you in? Uh, were you in Austin at the time? No, I was. I would have been in San Antonio. Oh. Actually, no. I, actually, no. I would have been San Marcos because I would have been in college. I think. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting, because I know that this was like a big one in Austin. Uh, cause like the draft house, like drove it into the ground. Oh, yeah. I think Harry Knowles led a parade. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, That's a name we don't on. say around here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say a lot of names around there. <laughs> That's true. Um, My uh, wife just texted me from the other room telling me this is the part where you say how much better your wife is. Uh, well, so, yeah, I mean, my, my I, I was, much I was, than my ex-girlfriend. I was working under the assumption that like, we all knew that already. Um, <laughs> cause uh she's way better um anyway uh that other one um, sounds like a monster um <laughs> so uh a pop culture monster i don't know how much of a monster about other things sounds but, like a big math character yeah <laughs> pop culture monster <laughs> uh, i'm the pop culture monster i'm uh, also nick kroll <laughs> we're all nick kroll down here <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's a joke for like five people. Uh, sir, uh, that's uh, I think that that about wraps us yeah. up on uh, on minute thirty eight. Uh, but uh, you know, go check out uh, the Dueling Genre podcast, duelinggenre dot com. You can check out all of our podcasts that we've got going on there. We've got the third season of Harry Potter. Minute is right around the corner. Uh, I believe Brian already recorded his uh, his guest appearance on that season. If you're uh, uh, if you're a subscriber to our Patreon, no, not yet. Actually, I haven't had a chance to. Oh, you haven't yet. Okay. Um, we have a lot of Doctor's Companion. If you've never listened to the Doctor's Companion, if you're a new yeah. Doctor Who fan or a Doctor Who fan in need of a Doctor Who podcast, uh huh, like hundreds. I yeah, think, at this point, right? Yeah, there's 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 a lot, but ours is the best. Um, all the other ones are uh, gatekeepery. Yeah, we like to make we. I'd like to think that ours is. Uh, you know, I myself was a new classic Whovian. Like I hadn't seen any of the black and white stuff or whatever. Yeah. And now I have, and it's fun. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, so check that out as well. It's the uh, you can just search dueling genre in uh, in any of your podcast app apps of choice, and you can you can uh, you can find all of our podcasts there, or you can find them on our website duelinggenre.com. Geek by night immunities. Yeah, all of that stuff, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with minute thirty nine for the greater good. The greater, the greater good. good.